0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Today's scripture reading is from Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Here ends the reading.
1: Michael Jordan one of the most, if not the most, well-known name throughout the world, Michael Jordan. When he first started basketball, he came out of North Carolina. In North Carolina, he was literally a nobody. But by the time he stopped basketball, he had made $100 million dollars. Today, May of 2020, Michael Jordan is worth $2.1 billion, yes, billion dollars. He is the success. There are people that look at his life and they say, ah, the American dream, that's it. If you work hard, if you're disciplined, if you persevere, if you're willing to go that extra mile and then another mile— you can also be like Mike. In fact, that, th- those three words, be like Mike, became popular throughout the world because of this commercial. Sometimes I dream that he is me.
0: You got to see that's how I dream to be. I dream I
1: move, I move, I dream I groove Like Mike, if I could be like Mike So to be like Mike doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have all the money that he has, but it does mean that you take the talents and abilities that you have and you work hard. You work to the nth degree to make sure that you can be success because success in America equals value. The greater your success, the greater your achievements, the more valued you are by society. In fact, we have a word for these individuals. Those individuals that make it to that higher escalon of achievement. We often call them dignitaries. People that we in society find worthy. People that we would like to emulate. We see this in so many different areas. For example, not only with athletes, but we see it with artists. We see it in the area of intelligence. We see it with musicians. Again, we value those individuals who will work hard and make and be a success, because if we can do that, then we can be like Mike. But there's a problem here. If you work hard enough and you can acquire worth, If you can acquire dignity, which the word dignity literally means to be worthy. So if you to have value, to have worth, to have dignity, if it's something that you can achieve, something that is external of you, then the reality is you can also lose it. One of the things I enjoyed about the series, The Last Dance, the last championship season for Michael Jordan in the Chicago Bulls was that it emphasized that as Michael was aging, his skill set was slowly beginning to diminish. Now, what's amazing is even though it diminished, he was still far better than the majority of other players, but he had to adapt. So even Michael Jordan, his abilities were slowly beginning to wane. And the same thing happens to all of us. If we are putting our value in something that is external of us, then over time, as that ability begins to diminish, then our sense of value, our sense of worth in our own eyes, and the eyes of other people, begins to shrink. It begins to diminish. And that creates all sorts of problems internally. But Christianity came up with a way of finding dignity or worth or value as intrinsic. It's not something that is external of you. It's something that is actually inside of you. In Genesis chapter 1, it tells us that God creates humankind in God's image. Christians understood that to mean that our worth is within ourselves. It was intrinsic. It's something that was inherent because we were created by God. And they went further to say that that not only applied to Christians, but it applied to all human beings because we are all created in the image of God. And everything was going along fine with this understanding of dignity until evolution came about our understanding of how the world was created that humanity was not created poop, that's it finished all at once but that humanity evolved over a period of time that calls into question the whole idea of being created in the image of god and if we are not created in the image of god where is our sense of dignity? Where is our sense of self-worth? Some replied to that by arguing that the reason why we are different than the animals, the reason why our dignity is different than all the other creatures, is because we are rational beings. And that idea worked for a while until scientists began to understand that animals can also reason that they have a rational ability. And so they had to go back and they said, ah, the answer is our dignity is greater than theirs because we have evolved further. Our rational ability, our reasoning ability is up here. The rest of them are down here. Therefore, we have more dignity. We have a sense of greater worth and greater value. I wonder if there's another way we might look at this. What would happen if we were to take this idea of being created in the image of God and not read that story literally but hold on to the principle that underlies that wording created in the image of God? hold on to that principle that says that each of us are of value. That each of us are inherently have dignity and worth. And if we could hold on to that underlying principle, and if we could take philosophy, which is studying the existence of humanity, and if we could bring that understanding without the literal story and bring that together with philosophy... I wonder if that would help us still be able to embrace the idea that dignity is something that is inside of us, not external of us. The German philosopher Immanuel Kant looked at this, and he said that an object can have two sources of value. The first source of value comes from the price that we place on that object. It's us looking at that object and going, it's worth that. And it's usually the that is how that object contributes to life, how it enhances other people's lives. And so we put a value on it. We put a price on that. Immanuel Kant said that is one way that you are able to find Value in an object. Then he said the second way to do that is you find the value of something because the value is inherently within that object. And because it is inherently within that object, it cannot be used as a tool, it cannot be used as a means to something else. Instead, You honored it and you valued it because it simply was. So, perhaps the value of human life, what human dignity is all about, is that we are simply humans and we are alive, and we are worthy and we are valuable. Now, if you can wrap your mind around that, and it's more than just words, if you can truly believe that there is dignity within you, then you will become more sensitive to the dignity in other people. And you will be aware how in our society and throughout our world, there are continues to be violations of people's dignity. Two examples of that. One of the greatest needs within developing countries is water and sanitation. The desire to have clean water and the, des- the ability to have privacy when it comes to sanitation. But in develop- the majority of developing co- uh, countries, that isn't a reality right now. I was reading an article about that, and it was a fascinating read, where something as simple as using the bathroom. In developing countries, there is no bathroom. So if a person needs to defecate, they have to go outside. That alone is a very humiliating act. But in these countries, many women are seen as being less than, and so that humility even grows stronger. That attacks the dignity of a human being because they are not able to have the fundamental facilities that are needed to continue to function as a human being. One that will, you'll find perhaps a little easier to resonate is here within the, our nation. There's pockets of it. You're not going to see it everywhere. But it's poverty. Poverty is a violation of human dignity. And it doesn't matter if that poverty is absolute poverty And by that, I mean that it's the individual who literally has nothing, who has to go out and hunt through garbage cans to find food. That is a violation of that person's dignity. That person's self-worth is attacked. Because in order for them to survive, they have to do things that the majority of human beings would find appalling. But as a society, we watch this. And I think one of the reasons why we are able to tolerate it is because we still believe that somehow my dignity is tied up to something that is external of me. But if I understood that my dignity was really in me, then I would understand that that person who's trying to find something to eat, the dignity is in him, the same as in me. And he is of a greater value, or... Equal value as I am. So that would be absolute poverty. But what about relative poverty? A writer talks about and discusses how even relative poverty affects a person's sense of dignity not only in their own eyes, but in the eyes of other individuals. He says the following. Relative poverty is a violation of human dignity because the cumulative experience of not being able to afford the same clothes, entertainment, social events, education, or other features of typical life in that society, results in, ready? Subtle, subtle humiliation, subtle social rejection, subtle marginalization, and consequently, a diminished self-respect and self-worth. If you think about that, Here in our country, where there literally is plenty of money at different levels of our society, there are individuals that are living in poverty, and we are allowing or we are tolerating it. Let that sink in. Does it matter to you? I guess a lot depends upon how you see dignity. Do you believe that the dignity, your self-worth, is not based upon what you will or won't achieve in life, what you have or don't have? It's based upon the simple fact that you belong to the species human being. If you can hold that, then it will impact how you look at other people. And if we could grasp hold of that, first and foremost, our own lives would be so much better. We could look in the mirror and feel good about who we are as we watch over the years as our facial features begin to change because of age and gravity. And maybe we would appreciate a little bit more some of those stories of Jesus that we find in the Gospels. The stories that are told about how Jesus healed people. It doesn't matter if you believe they were literal or if they are figurative. But when you understand that those healing stories all of them seem to have an objective in mind. And that objective is to demonstrate that Jesus was about restoring people into health, into full life. To restoring their sense of dignity, their sense of value and worth. We have that opportunity today. But it starts with you truly believing where your source of dignity comes from. And if you can find that and you can find a sense of acceptance and value in who you are because you simply are alive, It could get really, really exciting in our world because then you would realize that every human being around you and those that you could never or will never see, that they too are valuable. This is a way for us to make love real in a very practical way. Jesus was an incredibly wise person. Love yourself, and out of that will come love for others. Find your true source of dignity, and life can get a lot easier to move forward in. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at theattitudeschurch.org/backslash-online-giving. The Attitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.